Hello and welcome to Legendary Africa, the podcast where a disembodied voice speaks about African myths, legends, and folklore straight into your ear canal. Whew. If you wonder why I'm sounding out of breath, it's because over the last week, Squirt, the moth, remember, keep up, and I have been fleeing for our lives. Last week, we had fallen asleep very nicely on your lungs after listening to the tale of Makoma, the boy hero. We then soon woke up to find ourselves lying in what can only be described as murky grey soup. I am drenched in stinking liquid and sweaty on top of that, plagued by tiny growing insects. Not that there's anything wrong with insects, I meant no offense, Squirt. And currently hiding in some furry undergrowth after being chased by a band of cowboys led by a woman, who I am pretty sure is Mulan, as in the Chinese warrior from folklore, who appeared to have been riding on the cockard Dontosaurus who was chasing us some weeks ago. I mean, seriously, what is up with your body? If we somehow drifted into your brain from your lungs, and firstly, your anatomy is fucked, and secondly, your imagination is in serious overdrive. Do some meditation or something, for our sakes, please. Just chill. birthday weekend. I must admit, it is very, very bittersweet because it's a bit of a big birthday. I'm turning 25, but I also thought I'd be spending it with my Rishalia and the rest of my family. I kind of thought that Rishalia and I would do a silly bonus episode together or something. We used to talk about celebrating our current birthdays together. Mine will be next year and hers would have been the following year, just a few months after. We're only a year and nine months apart, so we figured that, you know, we would do something crazy together, like visit some haunted place. But I think maybe she's still celebrating it with me in some way. And I have my beautiful, wonderful parents and big sister to spend it with. And my bestie Nadia will be there too, so it'll be a good day. And Rishali will be laughing too with us, I'm sure. So I recently read Lord of the Flies, and guys, that book. It's disturbing on all kinds of levels. I am disturbed. It's a must-read, as are most disturbing books, because humans are strange creatures. I can't believe that it took me so long to get to it, because it's such a classic, and I read a lot of classic literature when I was a teen, although I am glad that I didn't read this when I was a kid. Speaking of Disturbed, I'm still watching Twin Peaks, and I don't want to give away any spoilers for those who haven't watched it, but the last episode I watched was nothing but crazy from beginning to end. Once again, I was disturbed. I do seem to love things that should me go, why the fuck did I just experience that? No pain, no gain, I guess. For today's episode, we're back with some animal folk tales from Africa. We're going first to Sierra Leone in West Africa to listen to the Mende people as they tell us about Python and why he can shed his skin. The Mende people are one of the largest ethnic groups in Sierra Leone and originate mostly from the southern province and eastern province of the country. During the 19th century, outbreaks of war in the region led to the capture and enslavement of many Mende speakers. The infamous slave ship Amistad reportedly held 52 captured Mende people, kidnapped by Portuguese slavers in 1839. They were then taken to Havana, Cuba, where they were forced to work in sugar plantations along with 110 other slaves, in violation of the banned slave trade. After working one plantation, they were then shipped to another. However, along the way, the Mende escaped the imprisonment, led by the rebellion leader, Sengbe Pierre. Now, Sengbe 
killed the Spanish captain of the vessel and ordered the crew to take them back to Sierra Leone. The crew agreed, but secretly changed course and took them instead to U.S. waters near Long Island, New York. There the Spanish slave traders claimed that the African slaves on board had been born in Cuba as slaves and therefore belonged to them. However, the Supreme Court obtained translators who were able to provide the Mende side of the story, ultimately resulting in their release. Sengbe and many other Mende chose to return to Sierra Leone. Now, in Mende culture, there apparently exists secret societies for men and women. For men, the society is called Poro, and for the women, it is called Sande. In Poro society, initiation takes place over a period of seven years and involves a kind of masquerade in which the men apparently are reborn as fully grown men. The Sunday society operates in a similar way and also involves a masquerade in which the women are guided by Sunday, the guardian spirit who is associated with rivers and water. And now, let's go on to my retelling of Why Python Can Shed His Skin. In the beginning, the creator kept death with him in the sky. Death asked the creator to allow him to go down to the humans on earth, but the creator refused. He did not wish to condemn humans to die of old age, but death begged and begged until the creator eventually agreed. Death was overjoyed, or as overjoyed as death can be, and raced to earth. The creator, in the meantime, went to first man and promised him that although death was coming to earth, Humankind would not die. He would send them skins which first men and his people could put on when they got old, and in this way avoid death's path. First man was overjoyed, just like death, and raced away to tell the other humans. So the creator made the skins and placed them into a basket before calling Jackal to him. Jackal, take these to the humans so that they may avoid death. But Jackal screwed up his snout and hung his tail low. Oh man, but I'm starving. Can't I eat first now? The creator boomed. Jackal yelped and, grabbing the basket of skins in his jaws, scrambled off. Poor Jackal's stomach growled constantly while he trotted towards the area where first man lived. Soon, as he was travelling, the irresistible aroma of fresh meat and sweet fruit drifted towards his nostrils, making his stomach growl even louder. Placing the basket carefully next to a tree, Jackal peeked through the bushes and saw many animals gathered together for a feast. Fresh meat and large juicy fruit were all spread out on the grass, and all the animals were diving into the feast happily. Jackal briefly contemplated denying his growling stomach, but then, as if it had heard his thoughts, his stomach let out a very, very loud growl. Jackal checked that the basket was secure before joining the others. After a few hours of feasting, Jackal grew sleepy and went to go lie under the shade of the tree. Just before he could doze off, Python slithered up to him, and flicking his pink tongue out, asked Jackal why he had a basket full of skins. Jackal replied that he was going to take the basket of skins to first man, so that the humans could avoid old age and death. Then Jackal closed his eyes and fell fast asleep, his stomach heavy with food. Python waited a few minutes until he knew that Jackal was properly asleep before slipping his coils around the basket and dragging it away deep into the forest. When Jackal woke up from his nap, his fur bristled and he felt his heart skip several beats. 
The basket! It was gone! Racing to First Man, he explained what happened. First Man was very angry at Jackal for being so careless and stormed off to the crater to go complain. He demanded that the crater take the skins back from Python. The crater, however, remembered how demanding First Man and his people had been in the past, and then remembered how silent Python usually was, never asking or demanding anything. So the crater denied First Man's request, and ever since then, humans aged and died. And ever since then, Humans were suspicious of jackals, and vicious towards pythons, killing them when they could. This upset the creator, who decided to grant jackal great cunning so that he could escape humans, while python kept himself and avoided humans. So when python gets old, he slithers back to his basket, selects a skin, and wears it for many more years. I don't know about you guys, but I am hashtag Team Jackal. Like, okay, Python was a little bit of a sneaky shit, and Firstborn was, well, like, first douchebag, because he really didn't have to start killing snakes. But poor Jackal really didn't do anything bad. Yeah, he was too naive and trusting, but he was so hungry. I mean, I can understand that. Like, if I'm hungry, don't touch me. I will bite your finger off. I just wanted to add here that I have retold this story and many other stories on this podcast in my own style. The stories are largely faithful to the sources I use, but I always tweak them and add in bits to fit more into my own style. I mean absolutely no offense. And now it's time for an all-new segment which I just named two seconds ago. Python Pals, the all-new segment where I tell you fun facts about our pals, the Pythons. Fact number one. Pythons are non-venomous, which means these buddies won't hurt you, unless they wrap their coils around you and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. They are constrictors, so this may eventually kill you. Fact number two. They are only found in Africa, Asia, and Australia, so that leaves plenty of other places for you to live in. Very considerate of them. Fact number three. These little guys ambush their prey, so at least you won't have any idea that you're about to die. Now we're heading to Southern Africa, and going back in time, to when Lion could fly. This tale originates with the Khoikhoi people, who I've talked about before. They are traditionally nomadic pastoralist people, indigenous to Southern Africa, and their existence in Southern Africa predates the Bantu expansion, something I've spoken about as well. Scholars believe that the Khoikhoi were involved in trade with the ancient Romans, but the first records of trade, which exist, were with the Portuguese. Contact with the Portuguese soon became violent, and the Khoikhoi defeated a Portuguese force at the Battle of Salt River in 1510. In the late 16th century, the Khoikhoi people traded fresh meat with the Portuguese, French, Danish, Dutch, and English for tobacco, copper, and iron. Over time, colonial expansion led to the Khoikhoi being driven off their own land, and those who stayed became farm workers. During the German colonization of Africa, in 1904-1907, the Germans attacked the Khoikhoi population living in what was called German Southwest Africa. It was a massacre, killing over 10,000 Khoikhoi. An interesting fact about the Khoikhoi was their traditional mythology. It involved significant worship to the moon, which was associated with a supreme being in heaven. 
Many Quaker eventually converted to Christianity and Islam. And now I am going to retell the story of when Lion could fly. A long, long time ago, Lion was a mighty beast with powerful magical powers which allowed him to fly. Because of this, Lion was the strongest creature on earth and in the skies as well, because he could swoop down on his prey. Next to his lair, Lion kept all the bones of his prey in a huge graveyard. Lion enslaved a pair of vultures who at this point in time were unable to fly. He needed them to guard the graveyard instructing him to protect his monument so that all could see his power. But secretly, Lion was afraid of someone destroying his graveyard and discovering the bundle of magic hidden beneath all the bones which gave him his ability to fly. So the poor vultures had to guard the graveyard day and night, surviving on the scraps which Lion would reluctantly toss them. One day, when the sun was high in the sky and Lion was out on his latest hunt, and the poor vultures were bored out of their minds. I mean, there are only so many times you can play I Spy when you're only surrounded by trees, grass, and bones. They idly scratched the ground, hoping to find at least an earthworm to eat. They were so bored and sleepy that they didn't even realize Bullfrog hopped past them and into the graveyard. Suddenly, the sounds of bones breaking caused them to ruffle their wings in alarm. And they spun around to see Bullfrog hopping amongst bones breaking and scattering them carelessly. Stop! What are you doing? The one vulture yelled. Seize this behavior at once, you disgusting creature, said the other in a curiously out-of-place, terrible British accent. But Frog ignored them and shouted as he hopped. Why should we be so scared of Lion, anyway? Isn't he just a big, cute kitten? Someone should get him a bowl of milk and some string, then maybe he'll cheer up and stop trying to enslave us, Frog said mockingly. Tell your master to meet me at his drinking pool. If he's brave enough, he can try to eat me. And off he hopped. The vultures gazed at the destruction in dismay. Lion would kill them when he saw what had happened. They wandered through the graveyard dismally, trying to tidy up the bones, but many were too badly damaged. Then they spotted something growing at the back of the lair, almost hidden from view. A huge zebra skull had previously blocked it completely, but now... That they broken in half. Stepping closer, the vultures carefully opened up the bundle and discovered odd glowing meat. Ravenous due to lion's harsh rations, the vultures tore into the meat without a thought and devoured it all. Quite soon, they felt a strange tingling sensation coursing through their bodies, and their usually limp wings stiffened and filled with strength. The one vulture experimentally flapped its wings, and taking a bit of run-up, leapt into the air. Instantly, the air caught under its wings, and he began to fly. I... I can fly! the vulture called out. The other vulture copied his companion, and found that he too could fly. I say, this must be how Lion can fly. He's been hiding his secret all these years. With this, we don't have to be scared of him any more, the other vulture said, still in a ridiculously terrible British accent. They happily flew in the sky, circling up and down, Meanwhile, Lion had been attempting to ambush his latest victims, 
It had a buffalo, specifically a large male buffalo. Size didn't matter to Lion, as thanks to his magical ability to fly, he could swoop down on any creature, even an elephant. Finally, the buffalo was in the right position, and taking a small run-up, Lion leaped high into the air, only to fall very quickly right back down to the hard earth. Oof! Lion cried out as the earth punched him in the stomach. He struggled up, bewildered, as the buffalo stormed away. Lion felt his face heat up, and his heart thump heavily in his chest. He was angry. He was very angry. Bounding furiously back to his lair, he gazed in shock at his ruined graveyard. Shock turned to rage, and a ferocious roar tore from his throat and echoed across the plains. The vultures circled above, gulping nervously, but knew the lion could not reach them without his magic. Lion roared up at them, demanding an explanation. It was the bullfrog. Yes, indeed. The bullfrog is the true culprit here, the vultures quickly said. Come down here, you cowardly fool, so that I can teach you a lesson, Lion growled, swiping at the air, his large claws flashing in the sunlight. The vultures shrieked and wisely flew quickly away. Lion stood huffing and puffing with frustration. Then he turned his eyes towards the drinking pool, remembering what the vultures had told him. He saw some splashing. Bullfrog. Lion softly padded towards the pool, teeth bared, saliva dripping. He crouched low to the ground as he prepared to ambush Bullfrog. Bullfrog, meanwhile, was lazing on a pad in the pool, humming to himself. He pretended not to see Lion's reflection in the pool, nor Lion's claws unsheathing slowly. Lion pounced, but at the last minute, Bullfrog leapt out of the way. Again and again Lion attacked Bullfrog, but he couldn't catch him. The little creature was simply too fast and too slimy. Eventually, Lion stood panting, exhausted beyond his anger. Bullfrog sunned himself casually. Lion turned and padded away, his tail between his legs, his shoulders slumped in defeat. Bullfrog laughed loudly. <laughs> I suppose, O oh great king of all creatures, you will be joining the rest of us earthbound creatures to hunt. He mocked him loudly. But Lion ignored him and crawled into his lair. Ever since then, Lion only roams the earth, ambushing prey carefully, while Vulture keeps to the sky, only dropping down to scavenge at the scraps of Lion's lunch after he has had his fall. Okay, what? How did they manage to write this so that I ended up feeling bad for Lion? He was clearly the douchebag of the story, yet here I am feeling sorry for him. It's because I made Bullfrog a real jackass. Again, I've been largely faithful to the main points of the folktale, but out of my own little bits and tweaked certain characters, I clearly tweaked Bullfrog's character too much because now I hate him and I like Lion. Really, I think the vultures deserve to fly out of there, poor guys. And now it's time for our next segment, Kitten Cuddles, an all-new segment where I tell you facts about big kittens like lions. Fact number one. Lions are not kittens. Do not pet them. They will eat you and your children if they are hungry. I call them kittens as a joke. Fact number two. Lions don't fear many things, but they have one mighty predator, the deadly porcupine.
single interaction with a porcupine can lead to a lifetime of pain for a lion. Lions often go over to sniff a porcupine, possibly wondering if they can make a new friend, possibly wondering if they can eat their new friend, but instead, they're stabbed with a porcupine needle, which can stay wedged in their jaws for the rest of their lives. Factory number three. You can hear a lion's roar up to 8 kilometers away, and they can maintain a speed of 85 kilometers per hour, leaping up to 10 meters. So, if you hear a lion, run immediately in the opposite direction, because you're going to need that head start. brings us to today's promo, which is by Sinister Sweethearts, a podcast talking about the paranormal, conspiracy theories, and all things sinister. Have a listen. Hey guys, this is Heather and Kristen, the hosts of Sinister Sweethearts podcast, and we want to share with you a little bit about our show. If you're looking for fun banter between old college sweetmates about all things paranormal, sinister, weird, and generally creepy, Check out our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. Podcast recommendation of the week is Fact or Fantasy Podcast by Chase and Josh. I've been listening to these two for a while and they're just great. So much fun and some super in-depth analyses of shows such as Game of Thrones, Westworld, and they're currently tackling Harry Potter. It's fun, informative, and every nerd's dream. Check them out and subscribe. You can find them on all major podcast platforms. And so we have arrived at the end of our episode. I have been your host, Tashira, the disembodied voice you can't escape. A legendary Africa is produced by the infamous Hestia the Dog, and we have an unpaid intern, as you know, Athena the Dago. Uh, thank you for listening and joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to Legendary Africa wherever you listen. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, we're also on Stitcher. And to share with your friends, family, assorted pets, or any of your local flora, fauna, and resident ghost. Also, if you like what you hear and want to share that love, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes, Podchase, or anywhere else you can leave comments. We also have a YouTube channel where I publish each episode, but I am super behind updating that. We also have a website, which I rarely need to update as well. As you can see, this is a professional podcast. Guys, like it's been hectic recently, what can I say? So go ahead and check that all out, and as always, feel free to add to the tribute page for Australia by emailing me your message. All links can be found in the episode description below. You can find the pod on Instagram at legendarypod, and on Twitter at legendarypod1. And pop me an email to staylegendarypod at gmail.com. I welcome all myth ideas, prompts, favorite recipes, pictures of your doggos, and anything else you find interesting. I'll see you next Saturday with an all-new ancient myth, legend, or tale from our beautiful continent of Africa. Until then, tell your loved ones you love them, thank the angel on your shoulder, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Bye!